My husband's transmission went out in his car. We drained our savings to have it rebuilt, even though everyone around us was saying, no, get a used car. And we were like, no, we can't. Like, we're just so close. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And right after we did that, my youngest son needed a surgery that was going to cost us $5,000. So we had to put everything on pause. And it was hard. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Raise your hand if the first time you made your budget, it was exactly what you needed and was perfect for your situation. Yeah, I don't know anyone who has gotten their budget right the first try. And there's a few reasons for that. Chances are what you put down on paper doesn't match real life. Either you have a money leak you're not aware of, which was the case with us a few times, Or like what you heard in the teaser, you get thrown for a loop every once in a while. It's enough to make you want to trash the idea of budgeting, but that would be a mistake. Right now, more families are living paycheck to paycheck. I was reading a recent report from LendingTree, which highlighted overall 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Millennials, though, seem to be in worse shape as that number jumps to 73%. That can be really scary. One hiccup or an emergency can totally throw off your finances. If you're ready to break this cycle, then listen in because personal finance author and podcaster Allison Baggerly from Inspired Budget is here not only to share her story, but some fantastic tips on how to create a flexible budget that works for your family's unique needs and circumstances. In this episode, we're going to get into how shifting her mindsets about what budgets can do transformed her finances and life, why having a flexible budget is the key to long-term success and financial stability, and then practical tips on how to get started if right now you absolutely hate budgets. We have so much to cover, so let's get started many people have strong feelings with budgets. And I think I want to start off with that because there is this almost like gut reaction when someone says budgets that I've noticed scare people away, intimidate them, or just kind of push them to not even try it. For some, they feel like it's a restriction, like a ball and chain. I feel differently about it now, but I'm curious for you, what do you think of when it comes to budgets? And did you always feel that way? Oh my gosh. I first started thinking of budgets was like, I was 1000% against it. I saw it as a consequence. I saw it as a punishment. I saw it as a shame on you waving, you know, wagging my finger in your face saying you did not make the right choices. I did not agree to even live on a budget or even try to budget until I had this rock bottom moment in our Mm -hmm. family. And I was like, Clearly, what you were doing, Allison, is not working. What my husband and I were doing, which we had just gotten married at the time, was not working. Something had to change. And so very hesitantly, with a lot of pain in my heart, I said, okay, fine, we'll do it. We'll write a budget. 
And it was very interesting to Mm -hmm. see personally as someone who loves spending money and had this negative outlook on what a budget means for you. It was very interesting looking back to see how my feelings towards it changed. Because mm-hmm. over time, and, and it wasn't like overnight, you know, there wasn't like a magic wand that was waved and, yeah. and everything was happy-go-lucky and the rainbows were all around every time I heard the word budget. But it was over time that I saw, hey, writing a budget is actually freedom for me. It is freedom in the sense that it gives me control over something that I never felt like I had control over before. It gives me the freedom to be active and proactive with my money instead of reactive with my money, which is the state I had always lived in. That freedom gave me such peace of mind and security to the point where I was like, everyone needs to be doing this. It's so wonderful when you get past that initial creation of your budget and you learn how to write a budget that works for your real life, not this like picture perfect version of our life we have in our heads. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You have a lot of good points. So I just want to pull a few of them. First of all, like your name inspired budget, I think captures something that people miss, especially when you're creating that first budget. A lot of people, and this was the case with us, and I think that was with you when I was looking over your story is a financial event. You have debt or is just getting out of control and you fix it. In essence, a lot of people's first budget is a reaction, but I think a budget works so well when it's more of, like you mentioned, inspired or having a goal or a why that's mm-hmm. beyond just paying the bills and saving for retirement, but something that you're actually excited about. But let's kind of go back to that first budget, the one where you're oh, realizing you're in debt, it's not working. Husband and I were there. He just graduated college. I was about to wrap up, but we realized, okay, we have student loans, car loans. How was it for you? And what was your, I guess, immediate goal with your budget when you started out? Oh, this is a great question. So I share this story in chapter one of my new book, Money Made Easy. But I have this belief that sometimes it's like these rock bottom moments. Sometimes it's this big aha in your life. And sometimes it's not. For us, it happened to be this big aha. And what happened for us is my husband and I were both teachers. I used to teach. He is still a teacher right now. And we had... (laughs) We became unexpectedly pregnant on our honeymoon. And we realized, (laughs) I know. In fact, at the age of 24, I got married, got pregnant, and had a baby all in that year. It was a, it was, woof, it was a big year for me. I think I blacked out through most of it. But (laughs) I will say that that moment in time, we sat Mm -hmm. down and that was the first time we ever had a conversation about money. We didn't talk about it when we were dating. We didn't talk about it when we were engaged. So we sat down and we realized, okay, how much is daycare? We started kind of doing some research about daycare costs and we realized we literally cannot afford it. Like we definitely can't afford for me to stay home. That's totally off the table. But even a $900 daycare payment, which is cheap these days, back then that still was not, there There was no money left. There's no money left for that. Yeah. So when we looked at our money, we said, okay, we have nine months. We have nine months until we can free up this money. How are we going to do that? And so it came into two parts. It came into writing a budget to be intentional mm-hmm. with how we were spending our money because we were we were overspending in many areas. So it was about really being more intentional about that and then paying off mm-hmm. debt. So our idea was, okay, let's pay off the smallest balances first so we can 
free up cash flow every month. That way we don't have those minimum payments. That way when we are ready to pay for daycare, we do have $900 a month to send to daycare. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of had that enforced timeline. So you, oh, yeah. you had to make it work. But first, just for couples, that initial conversation about money, like f- for us, it, it was kind of like yours, like, okay, we have this situation. We need to come up with a solution so we can stay on top of things. Um, but in an ideal situation, I tell couples, like, don't wait for something big to come up. Yeah. Actually have those conversations. And if possible, I, I advise skip the numbers for the first time. Like, what do you want to mm-hmm. do about goals, your timeline? Yes. Get excited about that. And then you introduce like, okay, here's where we want to go. And here's where we are now and create your financial journey on paper. For you guys, how did those initial conversations start? How on the same page were you guys? Were there any compromises or I wouldn't say arguments, you know, but every couple, they have something that oh, yeah. that's like, this is my must have expenses. and Yours mm-hmm. might be completely different from theirs. How did those conversations go? I think that our first conversations was a very much a vulnerable experience to essentially lay out, this is our spending, these are our habits, and this is what I brought into this marriage. My husband brought in a lot more debt into our marriage in in terms of student loans than I did. And I think that he was dealing with maybe feeling guilty, feeling like, oh my gosh, I didn't set us up to be able to help this happen. So he's sitting here working internally through those thoughts, which I didn't even realize at the time. So it's a very vulnerable position to be in. And when we're vulnerable, it can be very easy for us to be closed off. It can be very easy for us to be easily Mm -hmm. reactive to someone else because we are hurt or we are feeling shame or guilt. And so we did have some of that at the beginning of our conversations. They were riddled with tears and frustration. I mean, I was hormonal. Throw that in the mix. That didn't go over well. So many layers. Exactly. So many layers. So he was very much like gung-ho. Let's mm-hmm. change everything. Let's live on nothing and do this. And probably that stemmed from that guilt of bringing in mm-hmm. more debt and then feeling like I'm the man I'm supposed to provide and my salary is not enough. You have all of that. And then I'm over here, a spender. I had so many impulsive spending moments. I was an emotional spender. I wanted to spend money. And so when he's saying we need to live on nothing, I became angry. And I was like, what? This is so stupid. No. And I would go along with it for a little bit. And then I would almost like binge spend. I would go to Target or somewhere and I would drop $300 and I'd come back into the apartment. I would be like, screw you, screw the budget. I'm not taking any of this back. And so it was very, it it was not this like picture perfect scene that we expect of ourselves. And I want Mm -hmm. everyone to kind of remove that expectation and say that if it is messy, that's okay. Because it just took time getting through those conversations to actually learn how to get on the same page and how Allison needs a little more spending money. And then Matt does. And he saw, okay, well, she has some sort of spending allowance or spending category in the budget that's going to help us get to our long-term goal. It might not be as fast as he wanted it to be, but at least it was better than me going on this shopping spree and coming back and feeling resentful at him and our money. 
So it took this, this given this takeover time to be able to come to a place where we could come to the table level headed. Yeah. And it's okay if you're not level headed at first, but at least if you're going to come to the table and you're not level headed, at least be respectful. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I'm glad you bring up the word like guilt and shame. Cause I think just mm-hmm. even if you're starting your own financial journey and your budget, you feel it. Like, yes. Oh my goodness. I have this job. I make this much money. Mm-hmm. I should be further along. Or, you know, why did I do this? I think it is important, one, to get those feelings out. Mm-hmm. And two, I love how you mentioned it really is a work in progress. And yes, <laughs> the ideal world would be you guys hash it out. All the disagreements, all the baggage is dumped and boom, your budget's there. Most cases, because I'm going to leave room for the person on the internet that leaves a comment says, no, we got it done the first time. Oh, yeah. It's always like a work in progress. You write the budget. Okay, what's working? What's great? Let's keep that. But okay, we don't have enough room for, like you mentioned, you needed Mm -hmm. for spending or for some couples, they feel like, no, we need to budget date night. We're not mm-hmm. going to get this up, even if we're deep in debt because we want to invest in our relationship, whatever that is. I think those are great points. So you created a budget. You got some of those feelings out, right? Because marriage is always like you discover something new about each other <laughs> yes. and you're growing, like you're personally growing. Mm-hmm. As you were moving with your financial journey, how did your budget shift when you had the baby? You have two kids now? Yes, two kids, two boys. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that go? Because I think that's also another misconception. Like once you have a budget, that's what it is. But it's always even changing month to month, like Mm -hmm. a little bit of shifting here and there. Yes. Our budget still changes month to month. Like we have been doing this for, I mean, we started right before my son was born and he's about to turn 11. So 10 plus years, we have been consistently writing budgets every paycheck or every month, depending. Mm -hmm. And we still have movement. There is still flexibility. The truth is that our lives are not consistent every single month. We have different events. We have different expenses. So why would our budget be the same? So to Mm -hmm. me, it makes sense for there to be flexibility and shifting. For us, we had times in our life where there were major shifts in our budget, where we went from paying $900 a month in daycare expenses to adding two kids in daycare and paying $1,500 a month. So now half of my paycheck as a teacher, literally half of it, 50% of it is going to daycare expenses. That required us to make very important decisions. At that time, I didn't want to wait to be debt-free to have children. I didn't want my Mm -hmm. money and my debt to have control over my decisions like that. I wanted to be smart about it. I wanted to be responsible about it. And so at that time, we had to decide, okay, we are literally making this much less money. If we want to continue to make the same amount of progress, something has to change. We can't cut out that much money every month. We're already living minimally. So my husband changed jobs. He moved from one school district as a teacher to another school district as a teacher. That gave him a $10,000 per month raise. Wait, or not 10000 Oh my gosh, not per what? month. $10,000 per year. I knew what you meant, but I was oh like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> he would say, sign me up. Where am I going? A $10,000 per year race, which actually covered the daycare, but allowed us to make changes where we said, okay, if we can't decrease our spending in this area, where can we increase our spending? And then with having kids, there's going to come times whenever we are thrown for loops with different unexpected expenses. 
our family, we were at the point where we were three months before we were going to be debt-free. We had three months left. My husband's transmission went out in his car. We drained our savings to have it rebuilt, even though everyone around us was saying, no, get a used car. And we were like, no, we can't. Like, we're just so close. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And right after we did that, my youngest son needed a surgery that was going to cost us $5,000. So we had to put everything on pause. And it was hard. And I taught summer school that year to help make more money, to be able to pay for his surgery. And so there are there are moments when you think it's going to be this straight line and forward progress forever. And life kind of just like kicks your legs from under you and you lose your breath and you say, okay, it's okay if I pause. It's okay if I take a couple steps back. As long as I get back up on my feet and I'm intentional about my choices, like I can still reach my goals. It might not look like it's on my timeline, but that's okay. Yeah, I absolutely love that because I know sometimes in the personal finance space, and I totally get that. We were kind of the same way. Like when you get energized and you start seeing that forward momentum, you want it to keep going. Mm -hmm. And it is a positive reinforcement. Like, yeah, you're so close. But let's be honest, the whole point of getting your finances in a good spot is for you and your family to have a good life, exactly. you know, for, to take those opportunities. So you're kind of missing the point if you're so focused on that, that you're like, I'm not yes. going to do that or I'm going to miss out on that opportunity. And that's something that I try to remind people in our communities, like technically you could be, like you said, like bare bones cut the budget to the very basics and you could be financially independent or be ready to retire in 10 years or something like that. But do you want to do that at at a sacrifice of time with your kids? Or, you know, (laughs) do you have an answer? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I love how you do do that. So like there's always shift. There's Mm -hmm. always a, uh, there's progress in the long term. And for those listening and watching, it's so important to just remember what's the point of this. Mm -hmm. It's not, the number, like the resource you're ch- chasing in a way is like time with loved ones, time doing yes. projects that matter to you. I'm so glad that you said that because that's really what it is about. It's about, mm-hmm. okay, I need to take my foot off my financial journey because my family needs more attention or we need to take care of yes. this. And then you can always get back on. I'm not saying like be reckless with your finances, but sometimes you do have to pause, take mm-hmm. care of this and then come back on because family first. Yes. And so many people see that as a failure, but it's not. It is not a yeah. failure. You are you are shifting your priorities and that is okay. Yeah. And it's very interesting how we can get in our feelings, how we think money is math, but it's like, yeah, money is math, but money is also emotions so much. And just because you do are you are hit with an unexpected expense and you do have to go back into debt, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that this happened and that you can make forward progress. Your life won't look exactly like how it is, and that's okay. And when you're able to do that, what's so wonderful is you're able to, in the future, make very intentional decisions that aren't about the money. So here's an example. Mm -hmm. My husband, I'm so excited. He's a middle school band director. He has been for years. He decided that this year is going to be his last year as a middle school band director, and he is going to change, and he's going to become an elementary music teacher. So it comes, uh, yes, it comes with a pay cut for our family. However, he will no longer have weekend competitions. He will no longer have sectionals every morning where he has to leave at 530 in the morning. He's no longer commuting 45 minutes 
each way to work. He got a, a position at a school that is four miles from our home. Wow. And it he will be able to be home every single day right after the kids are home. It is giving us time back. And because we have made choices with our money and with our spending and avoiding intense lifestyle creep. I mean, we've given into lifestyle creep because we're human, but because we've avoided that, we've been very careful of that. The decision when it was presented to him, it was easily a yes. Mm -hmm. There was no thought about it. We said we would trade that time for a seven or $8,000 pay cut every year. It was easy. And that is what I think being in control of your money and writing a budget that works for you and being aware of your finances gifts you. Yeah, absolutely. When you are disciplined, I get it. Like at the beginning of your financial journey, I think we've all been there. Like we're intensely trying to get out, yes. get out of the high interest debts. Like those are usually mm. the ones that like suck our budget dry. Yes. But then as you progress and maybe you're tackling things like student loans that might have a lower interest mm-hmm. rate. You might not be as aggressive, but then also as you're going through your journey, I think it's important to acknowledge like it's not an on off switch with your finance. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, we're good. I think a lot of people and sometimes in the media is presented like we made X amount or we did this and then we retired and our mm-hmm. life was great. But I think like you mentioned, <laughs> and now that this is taken care of, there are more flexibility with our options. Mm-hmm. We have more freedom to choose. Like for me, I just went down in hours for work, you know, or work from home. Yeah. Flirt, I'm just going to downsize. And that gave me more time with the kids. Was able to, during the pandemic, when things slowed down, I was like, you know, I'm going to use this time to get certified. Like there was that freedom mm-hmm. yes. within that space. And I didn't feel that financial stress. So I think that is a great way to describe it. It is a mm-hmm. gift. And also remember to take it. Sometimes we get mm-hmm. so intense, like, oh, I'm looking at this end goal. It's like, wait, you can actually enjoy the journey until mm-hmm. you get to that you know, X amount that you're trying to save up for or invest towards. Mm -hmm. I want to switch gears a little bit because you and I, writing in personal finance, you've seen it and it's really good advice when you first start to optimize your budget, right? What are the places you need to cut back? Uh, Make sure that you're not spending mindlessly. But I also think we should respect and value there are our must-haves in our budget, you know, Mm -hmm. things that make us happy, They bring a joy to us. So for you and your family, what would you say are we have to have in our budget? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, about a year and a half ago, hired house cleaners to come every other week. That has been so life-changing. Like, I know that sounds so silly. And I realize, like, it's such a privilege to be able to do this. And I respect the two women that come into our home every other week. It has given us time back on our weekends because we were the type of family that everything would wait until the weekend. And my husband and I would just be working, 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 cleaning, 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 or getting on the kids to clean, clean, clean. And my husband is a clean freak. So for me, I was like, this is, this is overkill. Like you, you are trying to mow the lawn and do all the yard work and you're coming in and you're cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And so it allowed us to take something off of Really his plate because he cared way more about it than I do. I'm not a messy person, but he's just very clean. It allowed us to take something off of his plate to give more time. And I said, what do you, you need to take something, we need to take something off of this plate. What do you want it to be? What do you enjoy doing? He loves doing the yard work. He does not want someone else to do it. It's his time. It's his me time. Love seeing Mm -hmm. the transformation. So I was like, 
I want to hire housekeepers. And he was like, I guess. And after they came the first time, he was like, this is wonderful because it allows us to enjoy our weekends more, honestly, mm. because we don't leave things to pile up on the weekends. And and that's just a pattern of ours. And it's what we did for 10 years. So <laughs> changing yeah. that and cleaning every day wasn't just wasn't going to happen for us. I would definitely say that's a must have in our budget. And then another must have in our budget is really intentional saving for experiences. That's something that's really changed for me just as I've aged. And I think that everyone has a right to pivot in life. I used to be very focused on material possessions and I wanted things and I wanted a designer bag and I wanted all the clothes and the beautiful home that's decorated with like Pottery Barn or whatever. But regardless, that's okay if that's what you want. If you're the listener and you're like, that's what I value. My values changed. For us now, we value these time with our kids. When my oldest son turned nine, I sat there at the restaurant and I actually started crying because I was like, we're halfway done until you leave. Like, oh, and my eyes were opened. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how much longer are you going to want to go on vacation with us? How much longer are you going to want to spend time with us? Like when you're 16 years old, I'm dragging you with us. But how much longer until you willingly go? I don't know. (laughs) And so we decided that we were going to be saving money every month for family vacations and family experiences. That has turned into a non-negotiable in our life. And the fact that Our only debt is our mortgage payment that we don't have two very expensive cars and we don't have me buying all of these different designer things. It allows us to set aside money for that and be intentional with our time that we have with our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. When we were first married, it was just the two of us. We do the cheapest vacation, but it was fun, right? The experience and everything. And then we had kids and we're like, okay, you got so much to bring. We still have to be... (laughs) Cheap. I mean, basically, to right. get all the deals we can. But now we want the experience. We want to relax and enjoy. And we're finding mm-hmm. ways. Like we're doing the trip to Florida for spring break to see friends and family. And we're going to do Amtrak, which, yes, we still got a good deal. I mean, I'm not completely like spending a ton of money, but it's an extra expense. But then, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the four of us in a car. I don't right. know if it happens to you. Like our kids are great kids, but th- at some point, at some hour of your road trip, they're going to be poking each other. And fight. yeah, and you're <laughs> driving. It's not worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And and I want to say, like anyone who's listening, mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't think you have to have a lot of money to make it, you know, or take a lot of trips to make memories yeah. with your child. But for someone who works from home, and I'm sure you can relate, mm-hmm. I have yeah. very I have a very hard time with turning my mind off when I'm at home. And so being able to get away like literally mm-hmm. physically leave our home and go somewhere. It is a luxury and a true vacation, not just for us, but like for my brain to yes. be able to not be constantly thinking about work because I'm not physically at work anymore. And I don't know. I just, I think that being able to live on less and write a budget that works allows us to prioritize those types of things. It's what I look forward to saving for every month. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to kind of end our conversation, which is a budget is about your priorities and values and making sure Mm -hmm. that it aligns with it. And of course, you know, you and I understand when you're starting off, it's not always going to be where you want to be, but 
you can always improve, learn from it, and just keep those lines of communication going because you're going to change. That's part of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you both grow. And then as parents, you know, the kids and they have their own wants and needs that you want to address. That's really important. It's like a budget is a tool for you to build a life that you love. This segment is brought to you by Travel Freely. I know we have some travel hacking families in our community who love using the rewards for family vacations. And there are many who want to join them. However, it can be tough to sort through all the offers. This is where Travel Freely can help. It simplifies your search and makes it easy to find the best offers and deals that fit your family and how they spend. So you are maximizing your rewards. If you want to learn more on how to travel hack your next epic family trip, please go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash travel freely. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I picked up from my conversation with Allison. The first is a sustainable budget is a successful budget. Please don't get so wrapped up on finding a way to create the perfect budget or optimize absolutely everything. Instead, start with a doable budget. Have those conversations. Make sure you get those three big areas taken care of. Your necessary expenses, saving up or paying down debt so you're building up your finances in the future, and then having some fun money now. Get something on paper, try it out. And then with your monthly money dates, You can see what's working for you and make adjustments on the things that aren't. The second takeaway is progress on your financial journey isn't always smooth. And that's okay. As long as you're making forward momentum and you are making progress, don't beat yourself up about the pace that you're going. I want you to not just get to your destination, but enjoy the journey as well. And when hiccups happen, as in the case with Allison, because you've built up those habits, it's easy to get back on and make the progress again. Finally, please don't forget the big picture. A budget is a tool. The goal at the end isn't about the numbers. It's about the people. Who do you want to spend time with? What projects do you want to take on and enjoy? When you have that framework, then your budget enables you to make those goals. And you'll see it less like a tool of restriction and more, as I loved Allison describing it, as a way to have freedom and more control. So if you want to get started on your budget, make sure you're a part of our community. Besides getting resources from each podcast episode, I also love to share tips and tools to make simplifying your money, home, and life much easier. You can sign up for free at simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. Special thanks to Allison for being a part of this episode. If you want to learn more about building a budget that you love, please check out Inspired Budget and grab a copy of her book, Money Made Easy. As always, I'm going to include links to the resources we mentioned today, plus more over in the show notes at simplifyandenjoy.com. Next week on the podcast, we're going to continue this discussion. Today, we focused on using a budget to achieve your dreams. But what if things are tight with money right now? 
Next week, I'm going to be chatting with Warren from Coastal Credit Union on how you can create a doable budget when you are currently living paycheck to paycheck. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and more. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you not only listening, but sending in your questions, ideas for the podcast, and sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. I want more families to enjoy their financial journey and have more time for each other. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.